So the particular uh, en- energy, heart movement, morning puja. Using uh, chanting, vocalization, tone, sound, light, imagery, or to support that that movement, that movement of energy, lifting, mm. something to revere. As the, the Buddha himself said, "One lives miserably if one has nothing to revere." <coughs> Nothing to lift to, just getting by, just uh, thinking, (laughs) struggling, thinking what one wants, what one needs, what one is, what one isn't, what one might have, what one should have, what one could be, what one probably never will be, Uh, and the other person, what they should be, what they never are how you wish you'd been that way to them, and and, and so on. Kind of, (laughs) you know, the afflictive senses that come up when every one of them (coughs) got this sense of, uh, you know, a person, solid person, and, you know, somebody else who's there in our minds that we feel uh, troubling or nostalgia or regret or hope or, you know, these energies of longing, need, mm, disappointment, mm, trying, trying to find something. One lives miserably if one doesn't have something to just love, to lift up to. (coughs) <coughs> as it, we're left with this other series of, um, you know, somewhat chaotic and uh, confused energies in the heart. Every now and then, you, you know, one kind of follows one, maybe this will be the real thing to have or do that will take me to a good place, you know, we, yeah, and then it, how long does that last, or how good does it get? Mm. Bringing forth, rising up, breaking mm. that the, uh, our initiation where we begin, we begin to access that possibility, however slow that may, however faltering that may be, just accessing that, accessing that possibility, one can do this, heart can do this. To and it doesn't really, it doesn't really matter, you know, what what the thing is that we're doing it to. It's a teapot, Buddha image, you know, or just empty space. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> They're all Buddha. <laughs> mm. 
And yet, you know, for the collective purposes, we sort of arrive at a an image or a, a system or a procedure that sort of, yeah, you know, you can all get the feeling for it, use it as something to make gestures towards, even though we can, you know, quibble over the words or the imageries. I don't really dig people with turnips on their head and funny beanies, you know, whatever the Buddha looks like. Um, long ears but of course we do probably recognize it oh it's just an image isn't it of something that uh, you don't know where is the Buddha who is the Buddha Hmm. where is the Buddha who is the Buddha Who are we revering? You know, you could be a little more oh, revering certain qualities, you know, and that's true to a certain extent, but perhaps even more than that, it's just even bringing up those qualities. What is wise anyway? What is the compassionate? You know, these are just sounds and ideas, language, metaphors. Again, that we use to bring up the sense of affirmation, praise, the true, the good, the beautiful. Mm. How come we know that there is the true? What's that? The good, the beautiful, there's something in us that gets a sense for that and really all the images are secondary and are kind of uh, arguable. Oh, what's true, good, beautiful? What's God? You know, people fight and argue over that, yet somehow beings, humans, sort of uh, need that or imagine that, uh, transcendent. Whatever you imagine it to be, this is where the problems start. But using that image as something to have a very real, actual, experiential lifting. And for that movement, for that gesture is priceless because uh, if that heart can do that then you have really come out of misery mm. you've got a pulling pulling oneself out of the nebulous inconclusive world of getting by or working towards the future or trying to make things work. Mm. And the sayings of uh, the many, many sayings of the Buddha, again, it's not really something he explained. He said to Ananda, his chief disciple, mm. for those you care about, those you have compassion for, those you are concerned about, really urge them to take refuge because in this if they really take refuge they will not arrive in the world of hell the animal world or the world of hungry ghosts they will not arrive there if you have concern and compassion for people urge them to take refuge what what's this you know where's the hell realm well it's not far away really 
Where's the world of the hungry ghosts always wanting, always needing, always something to fill themselves up with not far away? Where's the animal realm? Food, sex, fight, that's the animal realm. Not far away. You know, those nerve endings, those energies, those channels, they're, they're here. So you lift, rise, there's this, this is the human, this is the beautiful. Where is the Buddha? Where is the Buddha is a, say a, a contemplative question, mystical question, because it's not something that has a, an answer in the same language. It's asking for a language shift, for a, a meaning shift from literal verbal truth to experiential non-dualistic experience, just the sense of, uh, yeah. Because the word verbal language truth isn't really going to be that helpful. I don't know where he is. <laughs> but as a mystical experience, it's a sense of the Buddha's in this rising up. This is the Buddha. This is the rising up. This is, this is Buddha. This is the triple gem. It's in this experience, direct experience of the rising heart of the non-grasping, of the offering, of the beautiful. Mm. Even more, you know, telling as a contemplative question perhaps is, well who's doing all this offering anyway? Who's doing all this chanting and bowing and coming here every morning. That one seems much more real and solid than Buddha. Once you've really begun to understand where the Buddha is, then your next question is, where am I? But really begin with Buddha, because then the heart rises. And and then there there is... this uh, quality, this brightness, mm. then you can begin to get a sense of, well, who's this? You begin to see through images, and Buddha images aren't too much of a problem. <coughs> Self images are a very profound problem, a very difficult problem. Mm self-images, you know, the cluster of them, the cascading of them, the kaleidoscope of them, all of them not really solid and yet continually snagging your attention. What you should be, what you could, what you're feeling, what's happening to me, what I will be, what I can't be, how I am, you know, good, bad, it's all the self-imageries as they crystallize into being somebody, sooner or later problems will arise.
around that. <clears throat> what is it that causes that? You know, the self imagery is, is uh, you know, it's something that happens to us, isn't it? It's a self, we have a self reference. It's referring to what? Feeling. Yeah, there's a feeling. Perceptions, there are various impressions, sense contact, touch, taste. There's various mental activities, such as uh, praising or wondering or thinking or trying or struggling or, you know, all that. There's several, there's consciousness, a certain uh, levels of consciousness, sense consciousness, mind consciousness, sight consciousness. Uh, consciousness that's ethically based, consciousness that's wobbling, confused consciousnesses. Yeah, there's all this. Mm. Mm. When we send a current through that, that endless cascade, it unifies it for a moment, wholeheartedly for a moment. What a, is to praise, to love, to bring forth. This is like sending through a, a healing current through that cascade. For a moment, it maybe energizes around a particular, in a particular way, an uplifting way. That's sweet, yeah. How beautiful that is for a moment. You try and find out who it is as some distinct object, the whole thing collapses again. It can only be that moment. And in the being of the moment, bring what's good into that moment. Be that. Enjoy that. Enjoy it. You know, one of the, in my opinion, <laughs> shortcomings of of uh, much of the uh, meditation uh, movement is this uh, confusion around joy and beauty, or its lack of it sometimes. It's favouring of analysis thought or self-improvement beautiful you ever hear that (laughs) because of course for uh, many of us in uh, Christian or culture you know we theistic Expressions, and this is a theistic expression. The Buddha is not a god, but the expression is the kind of expression you see in churches and Sunday school. You know, uh oh, <laughs> you know all that. You know, because of anyway. But it really is. Uh, there's a certain uh, benefit in that expression. It's the you expression, thou. 
the you expression. It's just the particular way in which we can project our energies into the you expression. Because you, it's definitely part of our experience. You keeps changing all the time. But there's you. <laughs> yeah. And if you fix on a particular you, it starts to get problematic. Yeah. Yeah. You're my friend, and then, oh, you disappointed me. You're this, and you're that, and then it, it starts to solidify, it gets problematic. So Buddha is a you that is empty. It's a reference that has no referent, nothing to refer to. It's an empty you. But the expression of you, the value of it, is it brings us into the empathic heart sense. And you want to keep cleaning the images away. Keep cleaning the images away. Till the, the sense of the you is just the profound loving quality. Heart quality. And then any, any, any whatever comes into that space, anything, you're referring to it in a different way than the it experience. A lot of the time you are becoming it, which is uh, factual, hard-edged, lack of love. When any one of you becomes it, statistic, number, then something is lost, isn't it? And how can we bring our experience of it back into a real relational warmth, intimacy, without having to solidify who that is? This is sort of like the encouragement, because then it may be possible for that self-reference back to this experience, the me experience, to no longer be so lacking in heart. So, because so much of the time I'm trying to be it, fixed, solid, so forth. That uh, if this experience uh, here, or I call this experience of self, is something that is experienced much more from a you sense, hmm, empty, and yet continually images moving through it. The basis of compassion is uh, empathy, <coughs> fellow feeling, and as it's so often said, and seemingly so tricky, the first and the most important one that that has to be, that light has to shine on, 
is this experience of self. And the chanting again is uh, just a reminder, you know, in that particular mode of practice, Buddha bestows blessings on me. To the Buddha I offer my body and life, the Buddha bestows blessings on me. Now what kind of relationship is that? You know? When there's no real Buddha, there's no real me. There's just the the sense of whatever arises, arises in the sphere of blessing, of offering, of beauty. What may be offered may be firmness, kindness, steadying, calming, mm, gladdening, enjoying, cheering, encouraging. Just, you know, what, what can be offered? It doesn't matter who we are. Because it's that quality of the offering that is so transcending, image transcending. It doesn't matter eventually how confused, as long as that quality of the offering can be made. This is why this particular piece has its great value in the overall domain of practice. <coughs> 